In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God." who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you're doing well today on this beautiful Christmas Eve. Glad that you're here with us and worshiping with us. I just want to give a special welcome to those of you who are guests who uh, may be from out of town or maybe in town. We're glad that you're here as well. And so I just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. It's a beautiful night. We finally have some cool weather here. Maybe not the snow we just sang of, but at least it's a little more Christmas-like. It's interesting, uh, we celebrate Christmas, and often that Christmas celebration revolves around lights. In fact, most of the time it does kind of center around lights. As we drive around town, as we drive in our neighborhoods, as we come to church, we see light, and light represents Christmas, and Christmas is represented by light. And so this Christmas season, we've been talking about that. We've been discussing why Christmas is defined by light, why God described Jesus, his son, who we celebrate his birth tonight and tomorrow, why is it that God said that he was light? And so we kind of conclude a series that we've been in over the past few weeks in December of Christmas, and we've been discussing the fact that the everlasting light came to do so much for the world First of all, the everlasting light came into the world to break through the darkness and to win over darkness. We discussed the fact that the everlasting light came to shed light or to shine light on our past. And thank goodness that's the case because many of us are embarrassed about our past. God sent Jesus, the everlasting light, to come in this world not only to shed light or to shine light on our past, but to shine light also on our future. And for those of you who have asked Jesus Christ to be your savior, you have a future and a hope that's great. Last week, we talked about the fact that light came into this world and he, ca- and he came into this world to shine light in our hearts and that we ought to go out and we ought to shine light into our world. 
And so our theme this month, kind of the theme that we've come around for Christmas season is this aspect of light. And Christmas is known as a season of light. But I want to tell you something. It's not always been that way. It's not always been that Christmas was known for a time of lights. You see, way before Jesus was born, in fact, several thousands of years prior to the time that Jesus was born, this time of year, at least in the northern hemisphere, was actually known for darkness. You see, the winter solstice is celebrated on December 20th or 21st. We just celebrated it a few days ago. And for a long time, up to the point of Jesus' birth, the northern hemisphere celebrated darkness. And as time went on, that darkness, that celebration of darkness, became a celebration of death. And then as time went on, that celebration of death turned into paganism and pagan rituals and religiosity that centered around paganism. And so it's interesting because in the early church fathers, the early church uh, people who founded the church and started the church after Jesus died and was resurrected three days later, they wanted to celebrate the time of Jesus' birth. But the Bible doesn't give a specific date. In fact, back in that day and time, the date of your birth wasn't celebrated nearly as much as the date of someone's death. And so we don't know from Scripture exactly when Jesus was born. It could have been on December 25th. It could have been in the winter. But most scholars believe it was sometime probably in the spring or in the fall. But the early church fathers wanted to celebrate what John 1 talks about. And that is, is that God sent Jesus into this world to be the light of the world. And so they wanted an alternative to the celebration of death and to the celebration of darkness. And I'm so glad that they chose December 25th because now this time of year is known much more for light, which it should be, than it is of darkness. And so we've kind of gathered around this theme of the fact that God sent Jesus into this world to be the everlasting light for all of humanity. And that's what I want to focus on today, is that God sent Jesus to be the everlasting light, and he shines for all people. Cynthia and I, when um, we got married, we lived in a couple different apartment complexes, and then um, we finally purchased a house. How many of you are adults, you remember that first home that you purchased? Um, you didn't really purchase it. You realized the bank owned it. You just borrowed it from the bank. So, but we had our first home. It was in a place called Ackworth, Georgia, a little bit north of Atlanta, the Atlanta area. I'd grown up in Atlanta, and we had jobs in Atlanta, so we were living in Atlanta at the time. And we loved our house. It was uh, kind of in, a little bit in the country, actually, a little bit past the suburbs in the country. And so on our way to our house, when you'd get off the interstate off of I-75, you'd get off the interstate and you'd go around this winding road. And there was a church off in the distance, this quaint little white church that was off in the distance. And you had to pass it to get to our house. And it had a winding little driveway that led up to a nice parking lot. And this church always looked so clean and orderly. And it was just a really nice picture of a kind of a smaller country church. And I remember that church in particular um, because of the sign that was out on the street in front of it. They had a big sign that was out in the street. And it had the name of the church. And it had their service times and their Sunday school times. And then down at the bottom, it had a phrase that was so memorable to me. And the phrase was this, Christians meet here. Christians meet here. And, and I don't know why, but as a, as a young 20-something-year-old, that kind of always bothered me. It always bothered me. Like, 
What does that mean? And it seems harmless enough, doesn't it? Christians meet here. It's a church. It's where people, Christ followers, gather. There's truth in that statement. But for some reason, it always bothered me, and I didn't quite understand why until my relationship with God began to develop, and I got more involved in a church that was really focused on spreading the light of Jesus to the world. And I realized then why it bothered me so much. You see, it bothered me because that statement, Christians meet here, was a statement that was exclusive in nature. It was a statement that kind of breathed exclusivity. And as I read scripture and as I discovered what the Bible says and I discovered what God's message to the whole world was by sending Jesus to this world, it was just the opposite of anything that was exclusive. In fact, God's message to the world by sending a baby in human form as we just sang about was actually one of inclusiveness. You see, God didn't intend for just a few people to become Christ followers. And he didn't intend for just a few people to experience the wonderful hope of heaven and eternal life one day because of what Jesus did by coming to this earth and dying, living 33 years and dying on a cross and rising three days later. You see, God gave up his one and only son, the Bible says, so that each one of us, so that all of humanity can have the opportunity for eternal life one day. And so that's why that bothered me. God's message is one of inclusiveness that all can have the opportunity if they believe. We'll get to that in a moment. If they believe in Jesus Christ, they can have the hope of heaven as well. Now, you may be in here and you may have walked in these doors and I, I don't know what kind of church background you're from. You may have grown up in a church a lot like that church. And my purpose today is not to diminish or to tear down the church environment you grew up in. Not at all. My purpose today is to show you a stark contrast between what we have come up with and what God intended for Jesus to be. You see, God intended for Jesus to be the Savior of the whole world, not just a few people. And so tonight on Christmas Eve, as we dive into a few verses here, before we leave here and focus on all the excitement of Christmas morning and that sort of thing, I just want you to consider a few things about the fact that the everlasting light came to shine on all a few things from your notes here this, today. Number one, just as light overcomes darkness, Jesus, the everlasting light, has overcome our spiritual darkness. You see, just as light overcomes darkness, and we said in week one that light always wins over darkness all the time, every time. Jesus wins over spiritual darkness. Now, here's the problem with the God-man relationship. There's a gap between us and God. The Bible says that God is holy, that he's perfect, that he's 100% righteous, but we know the story of the Bible and the story of humanity is, is that Adam and Eve from the beginning of creation decided to rebel against God. And so all of a sudden, there was this chasm created between a very perfect God, a holy God, and a sinful man. 
And so you and I are born with the same exact spiritual challenge. And that is, as we all have this gap, this chasm between us and God, and it's called sin. In fact, the book of Habakkuk, all the way back in the Old Testament, says that God the Father can't even look upon sin. You see, sin causes that much of a problem between us and God. But the Bible also says that God loved mankind enough that he sent his only son Jesus to come into this world to die for your sins and my sins. And so this gap that once existed between us and God was covered because of the redeeming work of Jesus Christ on the cross. You see, when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ tomorrow, when you wake up and maybe you have some kids around, grandkids or your family around with you, you're not just celebrating the fact that a baby came to this earth, but you'll be celebrating the fact that a baby came to this earth for the purpose of dying for your sins and for my sins. Some of the verses that we just read from John chapter 1, which is just an amazing passage in Scripture, has so much about our faith in it. John says this, in him, speaking of Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, the everlasting light came into this world to shine for all people. God has great credentials with, with light, doesn't he? I mean, he's the creator of light to begin with. The psalmist in Psalm 139 said this in verse 12, Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day. The darkness is as a light with you. God has great credentials when it comes to light. And so it wasn't a big deal for God to send his son to this earth to be the light for all mankind. But I wonder what would happen if we didn't take the opportunity of the free gift that God offers us in eternal life. I wonder what would happen if we just went on with our lives continuing to doubt, continuing to have that gap, that sin gap between us and God. The Apostle Paul speaks of that in Romans, in the book of Romans, chapter 6, 23. He says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, he says the wages, the results of sin is eternal death. But then he says the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to hear me this, this afternoon, this evening. The fact that God sent Jesus to this earth to die is a free gift. Imagine with me for a moment if I told you that you had a disease that you would absolutely die from. But what if I told you that I absolutely had a cure for that disease? You would absolutely want it, wouldn't you? But then what if I told you the cost of that would be a million dollars? You might think twice. You might look for an alternative. You might try to find some other cure for your deadly disease. But what if I told you that I had a cure for your disease that would lead to death, certain death, and that cure was 100% free? You wouldn't think twice, would you? You would take the cure immediately. You see, that's the beauty of the gift that God offers. It's absolutely free. It doesn't cost us anything. There's no gimmicks. There's no strings attached. There's no tricks with the free gift of life that God offers through Jesus Christ. And so we have a spiritual problem that God himself solved 
by sending Jesus to this earth as a baby to eventually die for our sins. Secondly, God sent Jesus, the everlasting light, for everyone. John 1, 9 there, as I read earlier, says the true light which gives light to everyone. I want to read that again. The true light which gives light to who? Everyone was coming into the world. And so God's gift was all-inclusive for everyone who believes. We'll get to that belief part in a moment. But his message, his intent, his purpose was to give eternal life to everyone. But Todd, you don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. I'm not worthy of the free gift of God. I don't know. Jesus says that it's for everyone. There's no stipulation on that word everyone, is there? It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter the guilt that you may be overcome with. God's gift is for you. But Todd, you don't understand the family that I come from. I may not understand that, but God does. And his free gift was 100% for you. Because God says that his message and his purpose was for everyone. So God sent Jesus the everlasting light for everyone. You see, church isn't supposed to just be a place where just Christians meet. Because the purpose of the church is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And from what I read in God's word, the message of the gospel was meant for everyone. See, as bad as you think your past is, as bad as you think your sins are, as bad as you think you may have failed, God loved you enough that he sent Jesus for you. And lastly tonight, our third point, is those who choose to believe can have access to the everlasting light. Those who choose to what? Believe. Can have access to the everlasting light. You know, there's a lot that we lose in Christmas, don't we? We, we kind of lose with the busyness of the season a lot of different things. We lose the real story of Christmas in the midst of the over-commercialization that we see around us. We lose spending time with family members because we're so concerned about spending money on them. We kind of lose the ability to give to those who are in need because we're focused so much on receiving. But I think there's something else that we lose in the busyness and the chaos of Christmas. And that is, is that the story is of God giving up a son so that he can make you a son and a daughter of his. Do you see the irony there? God gave up his son so that you could be a part of the family of God. That's the story of Christmas. John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave right to become the what? Children of God. See, it doesn't matter what kind of family you're in currently. It doesn't matter how messed up your family might be. It doesn't matter how chaotic your Christmas is because of your family. Each one of you can be a part of the family of God if you choose to believe. The focal word in that verse in John 1.12 is believe. You see, we don't have access to God because of our sin, but we can have access to God the Father if we believe what he did through sending the everlasting light to come 
and to die for us. Jesus said this in John 8:12. He spoke to his disciples and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We've been talking about the everlasting light these past few months and focusing on the fact that God's son Jesus is that everlasting light. But the reason that we experience spiritual darkness is because we don't have a relationship with God the Father. Jesus provides the light into the darkness that each one of you can have if you put your trust in Jesus. Jesus says the way to God the Father is through him in John 14, 6. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He says, I am the way, the truth. And the life. It doesn't matter what you've heard growing up. It doesn't matter what you have believed before. If you believe the Bible to be true, you have to believe that Jesus is the absolute way, the only way to God the Father. It's not through any good works that we can do. It's certainly not through anything that we could buy or purchase. It's not through some kind of self-sacrifice that we can make. Salvation comes through our faith in the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross. So I want to leave you with a question tonight. Have you put your trust in Jesus, the everlasting light? Have you put your trust in Jesus, the everlasting light? Martin Luther, one of the great reformers, said that the heartbeat of the Christian life is in the personal pronoun. Essentially, what he was saying is is that we need to move from a position in our minds of thinking that God sent Jesus for the world, God sent Jesus for them, God sent Jesus for those to a place where we make it personal, that God sent Jesus to die for me. Have you gotten to that point in your life? Maybe a lot of you can say, yes, I have. Well, you're guaranteed eternity in heaven with God because of your choice to believe. But if you're in here tonight, and you had to honestly answer that question with no, I want to give you the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight. Jesus said in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever, I want you to say that with me again, believes in him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. Here in a few moments, I'm going to pray, and I want to, invite you. In fact, I want to challenge you. If you've never made Jesus Christ your personal Savior, if you've never turned that pronoun into a personal pronoun in your life, I want to encourage you and challenge you to make that decision. It's a decision that will determine your eternal life. That's a big decision. In fact, it's the most important one that you can ever make. And I want to invite you to make that decision. I'm going to be praying a prayer audibly. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to invite you to pray it silently in your heart as I pray along. So would you join me in a word of prayer this evening? God, thank you so much for giving Jesus. And we celebrate his birth this time of year. God, we celebrate the everlasting light that came into this world to pierce through the darkness. And God, we thank you so much for that free gift of eternal life. God, for taking away our sins. God, for redeeming all of humanity back to you. 
God, we thank you for that. And we rejoice and we give you the honor and the glory for doing that. But tonight I pray for those who may have walked in here who have been skeptical. God, maybe they've doubted that you've existed and something that has happened this Christmas season, maybe something that was sung or said earlier today has really prompted them towards belief. And God, maybe tonight is the night that they make the decision to believe, to put their trust in you and to know for sure that they're going to go to heaven one day when they die. God, I pray for those right now. If you're in here and you would consider yourself a person that answered no to that question just a few moments ago, I want to encourage you to be able to say yes so that if you walk out of this room tonight and God forbid you pass away, that you know where you're going. So I'm going to pray a prayer and I want to invite you to say this prayer silently. It's a prayer that goes something like this. God, thank you for making me and thank you for loving me enough to send your son to die for my sins. God, I admit that I have sin and I have failure that separates me from you. And tonight on Christmas Eve 2013, I believe in you. Now, if you just prayed that prayer just in the quietness of this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. I won't embarrass you, I promise. I just want to be able to pray for you silently. Anybody pray that prayer? Just put your hand up right now. Anyone? Just put your hand up for a moment. Leave it up if you prayed that prayer in this room. Thank you. I see you back there. Anyone else? Pray that prayer of salvation tonight. Just raise up your hand for just a moment. I see you. Thank you. Anyone else? I just want to take a moment longer. Thank you. I see you. God, I thank you so much for the work that you've done in this room, God, and the work that you've done tonight in the lives of these who have said yes to you. God, I thank you that because of their faith and because of what you did by sending a little baby to this earth, because of that, they will have eternal life with you one day. God, I pray that you would help them in their newfound faith. God, help them when they have moments where they're having trouble trusting and believing. God, I pray that you would help anchor them in their faith. God, I thank you for those who said yes to you tonight. And God, we thank you so much for what you did by sending your son Jesus into this world to die for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to encourage you, if you raised your hand tonight or if you said that prayer and you didn't raise your hand for whatever reason, I want to encourage you to go back as you leave tonight and get one of these. This is the Bible. It's called The Story. It's an ESV version. It's the version of the Bible that we use. And in it are some helps, some things that will help you in your new faith journey. Inside the front cover is my information with my email address on it and the phone number here at the church. I want to be able to help you in your 
newfound journey, your newfound faith. And so I want to encourage you, if you made a decision for Jesus Christ tonight, I want to encourage you to go back to the guest service desk, just tear off the bottom of that little form, and you'll get a free gift, a Bible that will help walk you through what it means to be a Christ follower. Also, if you're in here tonight and you're still doubting, maybe you're still skeptical of what all this means, we have these little books. It's called The Case for Christ. It's by Lee Strobel, and we bought a bunch of these this Christmas season I want to encourage you to go take one of these. It's a very easy read. It's written by a man who had doubts himself and had seasons in his life where he didn't know if God was real. He didn't know if this whole Jesus thing was the real deal. And he came to a place of faith. So I want to encourage you to go back and to pick up those couple different resources that we have for you tonight. Now, as we close tonight, we're going to represent what we've been talking about over the past month about the fact that Jesus is our everlasting light. We're going to do a visual of that here in this room. And as we light this room up, as we kind of bring this room to a point of darkness, and as we light it up, I want you to think about the fact that God sent Jesus to be the light of the world, that he came to save all of us from our sins. So let's celebrate and worship him tonight.